Welcome to the Searching for SaaS podcast, where you'll join Nate and Josh, two founders on very different stages of their businesses. Nate is earlier on his journey and is looking for something to stick, while Josh is in the company building phase. Together, they will geek out on software as a service and share their stories. Let's dive into today's episode. Hey, Josh. Hey, Nate. How are you doing this week? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I think another another stacked week of feeling less stress and kind of I don't know running through running through goals. I did set that sprint stuff this week, so yeah, I saw, saw that. that. That's really cool. Yeah, maybe tell people a little bit about what you're doing with that. I gotta find it. It's bad that I can't read just regurgitate it off my head, but just a bunch of little things going on and probably my own personal retrospective from what was you know, the stress, the stresses I was dealing with in the past, in the weeks past, but trying to just have a six week sprint around improving three major areas of my life. One is health. I think I've been doing a solid job with it anyway, but there's definitely some things that I think went off the rails when you go and have a beer every night and it becomes a habit that you're just having a beer and you're like, huh, okay. I didn't, I don't even think about it as a decision. I just go and grab a beer. So yeah, yeah, totally. uh, Another one's on delegation, just I have a really good leadership team and mm-hmm. there's often times I just take things and run with it and I'm like, oh, actually they could help with this <laughs> or let me ask them, let me get everyone together and get more opinions and it doesn't have to be like voting in by consensus and everything, but just actually hearing everyone have healthy discussions around these different things and, you know, people can take decisions off my plate, can take, you know, ownership can take all kinds of other things. So we're working on that and overall stress, which the big one around the stress one was the fluctuations of, you know, SaaS businesses and things like that. And I think we talked a little bit about the turn more towards product led kind of for us where we were largely dependent on like inside sales. Yeah, and, yeah. and now I am, we're kind of on a six week sprint to improve that. Not that those weren't goals before, but now it's, now it's real. Now it's like, okay, we're not going to backfill uh, certain sales roles and kind of just like run forward and just not kind of continue to set excuses and let other priorities get in the way. So yeah, yeah. No, I think that's really cool. You're kind of in a, in a tough spot and you said, okay, I'm going to make a plan and get out of this. And yeah. I think that's, that's really good. Like I think a lot of people just kind of wallow in the bottom there. So kudos to you for that. Yeah, I hope it's a it's a turning point for a couple things. I have been phasing out when you when you go back and look at a story and where you've come, you kind of you know there's there's certain like inflection points or major change points in the story. The plot thickens or phases or whatever and I think this is one of them. So, but anyway, how about how about you and how's how's your research on your idea going? Yeah, well actually your your sprint thing kind of inspired me and so I made a little list of my own as well. And so one of my things is to make two baby steps or a baby step on my idea every two days. And so I've been working towards that. I've kind of hit a bit of a tough point in terms of trying to, to do more research. I keep, I keep shifting the idea around, shopping it around with different people. And yeah, I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of struggling to, to really get some traction on an idea where I really feel like people are really resonating with it. And so I, I just have some more work to do there. Okay. I mean, last we left, you were interested in this drop shipping and competitor type of 
type of uh, ad spy and that thing. And then I think we talked a bit about kind of going back to the the basic validation step too. So did you did you run through that at all? Yeah, and so that's kind of what I did is I I, I was going down this dropshipping rabbit hole and I came up with kind of kind of a really fancy product that had like three different things in it. And so I kind of picked the one item that I thought was the most promising and from the feedback that I had gotten that people were the most excited about. And I kind of pulled that back and I, I'm taking that back to validation now. And so that's what I've been working through the last last week or so, just trying to get validation on that particular idea and trying to understand what target markets there are for that idea. And so that's the, the website monitoring portion. And I'm just trying to figure out like, is the dropshippers really the best audience for that? Or maybe is marketers and what type of marketers or product people and what type of product people? And I'm just, I'm just struggling because there's, there's so many people out there and it seems plausible that a large swath of people could use this, but I really need to get a small group that I can, I can really talk to. And I'm having a hard time with that. Okay. All right. So those are, some quick updates on kind of where we are at. Today I had a different topic in mind, something a little lighter, less less pedal to the metal on getting Nate to his SaaS. Not that not that we don't want that to happen faster. <laughs> but but I did I wanted to touch a little bit on on software development and kind of how we got into it cuz we both have a engineering and or software background. And actually it's even recently come up in conversations where but with entrepreneurs where you know some people can do marketing some people can do coding you know you always see the typical hey i'm looking for a uh, a tech founder i'm looking for my i'm the steve jobs i'm looking for my waz <laughs> types of <laughs> comments and you see those all around but you're both you know we're we're both technical in nature and you know i i've done a bit more on the marketing side than you have but i think you know you're starting to you know think like that a bit more which is which is fun but Dipping back into the software side, how how did you get started into software development? Yeah, that's a great topic. I, I love talking about software development. I started like I guess way back would be like we had this course in high school where we had to build like a a little website as one of our projects, and for some reason we had to do it in Microsoft Word, which was like horrendous for making websites. Not not even and Microsoft front page, not even like front page. No, no, no. <laughs> this is like Microsoft Word export to HTML or something. Super hack. And yeah, so I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. Let's see what it spits out. And I figured out that, well, I could, you know, I could make all sorts of adjustments to this page outside of Word and I could make it look a lot prettier and whatnot. And so that kind of started me down this whole rabbit hole of, you know, what is web dev and what can I all do? And so is that would you consider that your first language? Like I don't, I don't know. Do people consider HTML language? I guess I don't know. I guess it's like a it's like a markup, right? It's like right. Do you know how to write? Kind so of then, thing. so then was was JavaScript your first language? Then actually, PHP was my first language, and then closely followed by JavaScript. So a little bit of both there. Okay, interesting. Yeah. What about you? Where'd you get your seed? Like, where'd you kind of start? Uh... I would say probably it got started at home. My my dad was in software. Okay. And uh, he worked for, I think it was like AT&T and Bell Labs at that time. So just this interesting story about him. Like he, he could have done more interesting entrepreneurial things. He actually got recruited to 
be early at like Sun and some of these other ones like way back in the heydays oh, wow. of that stuff. And he he didn't take those jobs because he was he wanted a more stable job for the family where in hindsight it was like the risk the risk he took or the he was really not at risk cuz he was kind of at the cutting edge of like market needs at that point in time and probably could have always gone back if it, it was a flop but you know if he went and worked for sun I'd probably have a very different life. <laughs> so, yeah, no kidding. Wow, so that's crazy. Yeah. So, but, but at home, you know, there were always, com- always computers around. So then I just, you know, you, you'd play games and start monkeying with them. And then, yeah, I think, trying to think, there was not there was not the web then when I was growing up. It probably wasn't until, <laughs> yeah, I know you laugh at that. <laughs> so, <laughs> laugh at my ageism. But yeah, there wasn't the web. So my, I think my first language. I think my first language, I don't know if you call, like, consider logo a language. I've never heard of that one. Oh, really? Okay, so maybe we'll call that the first language. So in middle school, there was a, actually, yeah, logo and QBasic. So there's QBasic okay, for yeah. DOS, right? And logo, even before that, is like you move this little, this little icon around. I think they called it a turtle. And it's like you'd basically give it commands and directions. It'd be like, you'd be like left turn. 90 degrees and like forward X and you could do different things. Like you, you could say draw or like put a pen down. So I made this whole, I think, a, I think it was like a commercial with it. Like basically because you could speed them up and have them draw it so quickly and then clear the screen. And there were all these commands. So, I mean, I, I went to town on that and like was opening up books on like more commands and just trying to figure. So I would consider that probably the first language. Yeah, That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's cool. And and then in school, in in high school, they had a they had a class like they had, they were teaching Pascal. So okay, uh, yep. So I I took Pascal as and you know which is a great learning I think learning language. So that was what I'd consider probably a a better first language. Yeah, yeah. But that's like when you're learning logo and whatever, like that's that's really the the special time I think because you're like. You're like bashing your head against the wall trying to figure out like, well, I want it to do, you know, a green line instead of a, a blue line. And like, you know, how can I, how can I do that? And you like don't know the structure and everything yet. Right. Yeah. And you have to think very procedural oriented. You're not, yeah. you're not, it, again, it, it differs very much from markups and stuff like that. But everything at that point is thinking procedures and then how do I do things in loops and thinking of starting to think in functions and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. So is that a lot of, you mentioned that was through your high school, so a lot of that was, was taught to you, or did you do much on your own? I think it was one of those ones where, uh, probably like a lot of us, where the teachers at that point weren't necessarily, like, didn't really know that much, so they were, like, kind of teaching you from their books. And, you know, some kids, like myself, would have more of a knack for it, so would kind of pick it up, and then, you know, we'd finish the assignment of that day, like, in the first five minutes, and then we'd go and do whatever we wanted after that. Yeah. So, but yeah, so that, that I, I wouldn't say I'm trying to think. And then, and then I started doing a lot of like special projects because like I got bored and then they're like, Oh, how, how can I get some other credits? And I think one of the first things I did for the school was I made a, one of those date match programs, like where everyone would fill in, you know, you'd have like 30 questions or whatever. And then you get to come up and then you'd, you'd have an algorithm that you would match people and also skip other matches and do all these things. And that was probably the first thing. And we, we used it 
I think for my class, like my, my graduating class, and we used it to fundraise and we said, hey, put your names in here, we'll spit out the things, we'll give the results to everyone, and you pay like a dollar and it goes towards like funding our prom or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, yeah. so that was probably the first like project I got to use that probably made any money, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Solving a, a true high school problem too. Yeah. How about you? What about your, what was your first kind of more public project? Well, I had this one, my, my friend did a little computer business in high school. And so he would fix people's computers and whatnot. And so we made him a website. So I had all his products on there and whatever. And it had this, it had this crazy login feature because we thought we were so clever. We made these, these invisible boxes that if you like clicked on certain parts of the screen in a certain combination within a certain amount of time, then it would like unlock you and let you into like the admin panel and whatever. But it's basically just like a little CRUD app that, you know, would show your, your products and you could upload images and stuff. Cool. Yeah. And I think we built like an attendance thing for this youth group that we were a part of. Like we'd have these conferences and whatever, and it was like you could sign up for stuff and you could um, register for different parts of the event through it. And at the event, there's like this, like at the door entry point kind of uh, piece to it too. Yeah. It's fun thinking back of those things. They're so yeah. hack. Yeah. <laughs> So at what, at what point did you decide that, that you wanted to make like a career out of it? Or did, did you study in school as well, like in university? Yeah, I did. And I actually like the, my university training was a little bit by accident. Like I didn't go to university to, with the intention of going into software. I actually wanted to be an aerospace engineer, design planes and whatnot. And I didn't get accepted for that. And the alternative that they were giving, because I, I didn't, fill in my application on time was like the last like bottom of the barrel was like here you can do computer systems engineering wow. i was like okay that sounds cool like i know a bit about computers sure. so that was that was like the lowest rung on the ladder out of it well i don't know about the lowest but it was like <laughs> they they are having trouble filling up that program because it's a fairly new program from what i could tell and oh. Wait, um, what year was this oh 2012 maybe they had Something trouble like filling a computer science program? Well, not computer science. It's oh. it, The computer science program was doing quite well, but okay. this is computer systems. And so it was more like hardware level. We basically did a mix of hardware and um, software courses, okay. which was very interesting. It was a lot of fun. And like after I did like the first year or two of it, I was like, oh, okay, this is for me. I'll do this. But definitely not where I intended to go. Hmm, interesting. So I didn't know you had some some hardware background or some... No, not sure if you have it in practice as much anymore, but that, that that's where you have a base base of knowledge from. Yeah, and actually, I think a lot of that hardware knowledge is actually, I find that really beneficial in the software world. Like, just um, the way of thinking that you have to do in hardware is just so different. And I think some of the profs that I had, some of the best ones were the hardware guys. We had this guy that used to yell at us anytime you didn't put a default case, uh, mm -hmm. a default case in a switch statement. Right. And I can still hear yelling today. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I'm probably biased as well in terms of like, I have, yeah, my, my, my university or college degrees in electrical engineering and I didn't do comp sci then. And it was interesting, but I asked because it, when I was going through, yeah, you, you would, you had to make a certain grade to be able to be in the comp sci program. And yeah, it was, it was interesting. Cause that's why it was like the demand of it. I was, that's why I was a little surprised. But once you mentioned, it was really more of like the, the intersection of, of the hardware side. And I feel like 
yeah, a lot of people sort of just jumped to the cooler stuff. They're like, ooh, programming, that sounds cool. I'll go do that. But I, I would I would share your sentiment or, I don't know, opinion of like the hardware. It, it, I just felt like you, you learned everything from the ground up versus versus like from the top down where you could learn HTML and you could learn the visuals, but then, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes struggle when they come from that to get to something like a database and then they're like, whoa, 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 this is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where I felt like learning from hardware level on up was like a natural progression towards everything. And then the the visuals on top were just kind of the painting or facade. Not that there's, I mean, there's true engineering in that too and true programming. And I, I usually am very stay away from CSS for myself personally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think actually probably one of the best things that we had, and probably you had too if you're an electrical, is we would have to work with these microcontrollers. And the way that, we, that our professor taught us, which we really didn't like, which by in uh, looking back was the best thing ever, was that she would give us the manual, like the the op codes and everything for this this piece of hardware, and she'd say, "Okay, you got to go do this project. Here you go. See ya. I'm not helping you with anything. There is no like this thing is archaic, so you can't find anything online." And basically, we would just sit in the computer lab, the whole class, all of us together, and just like you know, pound away at this problem and try and figure it out. I feel like that was like the best thing that ever happened to us. Yeah. It's interesting where like your your end condition is like having it actually like do something functional. I remember a project like doing projects that were like, okay, build a traffic light simulator and things like yep. that. And those were really super fun and kind of interesting because you would know definitively very easily if it worked or it didn't, or it's like, okay, it keeps switching. Okay, nope. Like, well, well, the weight is here. The car is here. Oh, it actually is the wrong light. I would have caused an accident. That is bad yeah. programming. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, and like there's there's consequences to failure, right? Like if you fail to, to build your traffic light properly, like that's a big deal. Whereas if you, you know, if, if you're making a, a web page and it shows, you know, a little bit slow or something like that, well, like that's, you know, People can put up with that, right, or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah, interesting. But what about your post-secondary school? Did you you kind of chose the electrical engineering path? How did that go? I did, and this is going to sound, I don't know how it's going to sound, probably <laughs> just, <laughs> it's one of those things where I, I did a lot of programming in, sorry, in, in high school, and it came very easy. And like I said, through you know, learning languages there, and I was monkeying around a lot by myself. So I kind of was like, I want to do electrical engineering because that's the stuff that I think is harder to just teach yourself and hack around with and not have the equipment, not have the, you know, sitting there in a lab with a power source and a breadboard and all these other things or getting, you know, being able to program proms and different things like that. So so I was interested because it was like, ooh, this sounds cool too. And I can always go and teach myself more programming if I want to. So it's a little na probably naive and overconfident with some things. But it allowed me to stay with electrical engineering. And then when I first started doing some like real work experience and I got a co-op opportunity that was at a telecom company. And I got to do some programming there. And then I was like, oh, yeah, like aside from just like, board programming and I was like ooh 
doing visual stuff and having just solving real business problems. And it, it just got, it just clicked again. And then by that point, I was halfway through my, my degree. And then I kind of started focusing everything more towards more of the programming tilt out of the, out of the electrical engineering degree. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And like what you're saying about like seeing, seeing something visual that people can, can really like make it, make a difference in the world with like that. I, I really resonate with that. It's like, you know, you're not just, you're not just programming some, like a bunch of transistors that are going to go inside of a black box somewhere. You know, like this is like, let's build something that we can really leverage to help people. Right. Right. And then yeah. now here we are just programming things in the cloud that are just moving, moving pixels for people. <laughs> but, but it's interesting. Yeah. It does come full circle with, I have a lot of friends that are still in that, in that area or still work for telecom stuff. They build satellites. I have a lot of the ones that are building th friends that are building, you know, I think someone contributes and does a lot of coding related to like the Mars rovers and things like that. So it's, especially around here in the DC area, close to people that do government contracting and NASA and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It must be kind of fun to keep up with them and see what, what sort of things they're working on. Some of them they can't talk about, but yeah, I, I, I'm still <laughs> friends with a bunch of them and yeah, work on their satellites. It's interesting because then seeing them come and actually do stuff, you know, tying in stuff with AWS now for them, like they're, they're later on to the cloud stuff, they're later on to... But it's all kind of definitely with like Internet of Things and all that is and Raspberry Pis now everyone kind of can tinker and it all yeah. comes a little more a little more full circle these days too. So it's, it's neat to yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. And then what about yeah first like coding job? What was your first coding job? Oh yeah, so that was like second year university. I got a job for a. A really small software development company, and I had to convert an access database into a web app. So it was all Microsoft technology, and yeah, that was that was really interesting. It was like all Razor and like I think we were using jQuery, so it wasn't like just raw JavaScript. But I remember that being quite a eye-opening thing. It was like I'm just sending information to this database and reading it out again. I feel like I feel like I need to do something complicated here. <laughs> right, right, and just like formatting and like it's about access rights and showing data in different formats what's up with that yeah yeah and i just think of like how long it took me to do that project too and it's just like oh man like <laughs> you always look back and you're like oh i could have done so many more things if i just you know could do it faster or something like that right right yeah what about you yeah i mean speeding up through that co-op i did with telecom and that that was an interesting role because first it was working on embedded code, but it was still C. I mean, it was still C code. And, oh, that's pretty nice. Um, and then later on in another project, I did some Visual Basic with them. So that was my first start with Microsoft tools and stuff then. And it was pretty neat. It would take files from these. Essentially, they built test equipment for telecom. So it would like basically seeing all the, the testing all the lines. So you'd have these fiber optic lines. And I would basically have this app that could read out the data files and tell you if your waveforms were compliant and in the right places. So kind of taking all that electrical engineering and optics and other things like that and pairing it with programming. So uh, yeah, wow, that so sounds that, like a lot of fun. 
It was, but the big thing I, I lesson learned out of the out of the big company for me was I don't know if I told the story about this before, but this is what got me into sort of entrepreneurship and even smaller businesses and not wanting to work for a big company. And I worked on this project all summer, and I was supposed to go on this tour to show it at the at the client sites, like all these. COs, which are called central offices, where all the telecom yeah. stuff kind of comes together. And I, they basically told me I couldn't go on the trip because I was a, like a co-op. Uh, yeah, so it's like I worked all the summer to do it, and they wouldn't let me go. And the manager told me the reason was because there are full-time people here that have been here for many years, and they have not been able to go on a trip, so we can't let you. Oh. So it was like this my first head bash into some sort yeah. of office politics and stuff like that. And it was just dumbfounded as a, you know, just coming out of school or still final year of college. I'm like, I'm never working for a big company. This company politics, like it, it just totally had me take a, a turn and only look at like smaller, smaller software companies and things like that. So, yeah. Oh, that's, that's brutal. <laughs> But it's interesting to think of those paths, right? Like if that never happened, I don't know if I would have worked for like smaller companies because then my next full-time job was I was the first engineer outside the contractors that built the initial product for a for this benefits administration software company. So Okay, um, yeah. And that's yeah. interesting because like that we cuz we both are like quite into entrepreneurship and I think like I have a similar experience to you as well with that, where I didn't necessarily have the bad experience with the big company, but I did work at the university of Ottawa for a little while with their, one of their research groups there. And I really got to know like office politics and all of that stuff there. I didn't really have a super bad experience with it, but ever since then I went to small companies and I was like you, I was the first engineering hire at, at the first company I worked at and like, I think you just get to see a different side of things, right? Like you see, you see the founders struggling with their marketing or with their positioning and like, you're part of all those discussions. I think that, I think that changes things. I think for me, it was just moving fast enough to where I saw the impact I could make and having, mm. and then also, I mean, I think my first job, like out of college, which was for the company doing that benefit software. I mean, they were really good to me. I mean, I was I ended up being there about close to six years. I mean, I think I got substantial raises and promotions practically every year because I think they just saw kind of what I was capable of and just kind of kept giving me opportunities to the point of where it didn't even matter to me anymore. I was like, I just have to go. I just have to go out on my own and kind of pursue my own thing at this point. But I stayed there six years all the way through and, you know, went through and, learn to manage people, learn to all kinds of skills that I don't know where I would be if I didn't have that nice base and, and ended up when I left, I think it was maybe 70 people. So I was early on in the, in the mid teens of, of people there. And when I left, it was 70 people. So I got to see a lot without being really super big corporate, but in a very structured way. So I think that's definitely helped me as I've built a company with people in it too, to have experience managing and have an experience seeing kind of what some of those structures looked like. Yeah, yeah, totally. That makes complete sense. But that, yeah, actually come to think of it, I think that was 
that might be my only W-2 after college, really? Wow, <laughs> that's kind of interesting. <laughs> Aside from my own, right? Aside from Referral Rock as a, you know what W-2 is, right? No. Okay, <laughs> Okay. so that W-2 is, is, is the form you fill out in the United States as a, as like a, as an employee. Um, gotcha. Of a, of a like, we have, like we have a T-4 up here would be the, the thing. Okay, okay. It's like your tax slip that says that you worked full time. Exactly. So yeah, you would have a, you'd have the W two at the end of the year, with like your totals of what you earned, so you can report it to taxes and do all of that, you know, type yeah, of thing. Yeah. So. But you know what's interesting though? Like I have the same thing. I only worked at one other company after, after college. Uh, we call it university up here mm -hmm. after university, and before going on my own. And now I'm doing the consulting thing, trying right. to get into my own business. So. Right. Right. Cool. All right. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of, and then it leads up to what all the stuff we're doing. I don't think it speeds up that quickly, but, but it's a good, no. it's interesting seeing the base, you know, our base commonalities and also growing up in slightly different eras of computer stuff, but didn't know we had that much in common with the kind of hardware, hardware side. I think that's really interesting. All the commonalities there. I, I also didn't realize that that's, that's neat. Cool. All right. Anything else you wanted to chat about today, Nate? No, no, I think that's that's it for today. Maybe cool. next time we can get back to some more deep SaaS discussions. Yeah, sorry for geeking too much out. Maybe people fell asleep on our college tours. It wasn't about drinking and fraternities or any fun, interesting stuff. It was more of our, our letting our geek flags fly. <laughs> <laughs> to each their own. Awesome. All right, talk to you next week. See ya. Yep, bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share with a friend. We're new to this podcasting thing, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. Tweet us at Searching for SAS on Twitter. That's Searching, the number four, SAS. Or send an email to searchingforsass at gmail.com. See you next week.